0: This is Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox. 1250 WGAM, Manchester. WGHM, Nashua. You need to think three words extremely loud, okay? It's simple. Three simple
1: words Seek and destroy!
2: Murray at the nine-yard line. That's an unbelievable catch and concentration by Jadebian Clowney. Third and eight. Pressure. Osweiler ramped
0: up and tossed down.
2: This is Jones returning it. And
0: the ball's on the ground. Keeping it. The set to the 10. To the end zone. He takes it home for the touchdown. Houston, fifteen. That's it's in. it's intercepted. That's Collins has the football for New England. Force you to run it out. He's short of the twenty-five again. Houston's fumbled. Yeah. Oh, here's One breaking it inside the twenty and all the way home for the
1: touchdown. We go about our business all throughout the season with a high level of intensity. Um, so that's nothing different now. But the excitement of it is that it's you know you win or you go home, so uh, that's that's fun in this high stakes.
2: It's very diverse. and It's very competitive, uh, but it's it's uh, we got a we got a room full of brothers in there. Uh, everyone I can tell you right now is mentally and physically tough. Um, you know, in addition of Mike, he's been you know a stud, uh, a guy that's come in, worked hard, um, and showed and displayed toughness. So. Uh, You know when we get those kind of things uh, we we like those kind of guys
3: I mean I just crave the big game moments you know playing in games that matter you know a lot of times you don't really get to do things that matter Um, and I get I have a chance to do that right now
4: Ah, there we go. A little Metallica for our next guest joining us here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host here. Justin Sullivan working the boards. We welcome in John Serenades from NextAndOldJoe and Fansider and many other wonderful football publications. He joins us once a week, and uh, we like to welcome him back. John, how you doing, my friend?
5: Good. How's it going, Jimmy?
4: It's going well, it's going well, and we can finally really talk in earnest now about the Patriots in the playoffs, uh, as they now have an opponent, and they will be playing this coming Saturday, and of course that is the Houston Texans. Uh, Before we get into that, John, though, and I know we've had this discussion, I I think I've mentioned this to you a couple times, sometimes journalism, sports journalism, just like, it's really gone down the tubes, and I, I gotta, I don't know if you saw it, but it's in Bleacher Report, it's on CBS Sports, there's a picture floating around of uh, Belichick and his significant other sleeping on a ferry in Nantucket. Have you seen that?
5: I did. I did notice it last night. I Who cares?
4: What? Why is this even a story? Like, I don't get it. They're like, caught napping, hopefully he doesn't do that this week. Like, are we that desperate for news, John, that, that that's like a, that's a big story? That he took a nap on a, on a ferry to Nantucket?
5: Well, I don't think that we're that desperate for news. I just think that he's such a larger-than-life, polarizing figure here that the fact that he and his girlfriend were taking a nap on a ferry makes the news because he's Bill Belichick. And he's supposed to be hunkered down in his office, game planning and watching film and scheming. What is he doing on their bye week going to Nantucket? And he sleeps, and his girlfriend sleeps on his lap. They're normal people. So I think a lot of it is that the public perception of Bill Belichick is that, that he's this coaching machine yeah. that is this genius that outsmarts people and, and works 17 to 20 hours a day preparing game plans and preparing for this week's opponent. And when you see him have some downtime in that setting, I think it surprises some people. But my issue is, talk about an invasion of privacy. Shame on the individual who took that picture and then had the audacity to put it on social media and share it and, that's and, my issue. and I'm the way they share it
4: too, right the way yeah. that see yeah. if they had shared it in the in the manner that you just did and described it that way, okay, I get that, and I think it's great to see that human side of them, right, but like you said, what a violation of privacy yeah. and, and, and you know here here we are you, you've got a, a good portion of the media today defending Odell Beckham jr. Uh, for what happened with his pictures in Miami last week and defending him and saying, oh, typical media doing that. Oh, but it's okay that the media does what they just did to Bill Belichick. That, that's okay, though. You know, it, it just.
5: Well, right. the, well, the double standard in the media uh, is it's disgusting. It, yeah, ridiculous.
4: And, and did you hear uh, what's. I believe her name, I'm going to murder the first name, J- Jamil Hill from ESPN. Jamil Hill, yeah. Did you see what she tweeted about saying, well, what if it was Gronk? It wouldn't have been a big deal. And he parties all the time. And he's done this when the Patriots were in the playoffs. Well, A, you're wrong. He never did it when they were in the playoffs. Well, to our knowledge, he never publicly did it while they were in the playoffs. Yes, he's had some questionable parties afterwards when he was hurt. And he was dancing around topless with a cast after he missed the Super Bowl. I didn't like that. But overall, he picks his spots. And he's a lot smarter about it than one Odell Beckham Jr. And for her to spin it that way and then... Take it even a step further, and 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 throw the race card in there. I was just like it, I can't take it anymore, John. Like it's just journalism's gone well, down the tubes, right?
5: And journalistic integrity has gone out the window. But what I was going to say too is, is if I'm Bill Belichick, that really pisses me off. It really pisses me off that someone would do that. Yeah, and I don't know. Given the fact that they're in the playoffs and they're playing for a Super Bowl, he's not going to care. He's not even going to acknowledge it. But if he was a real jerk and he really, really wanted to put the screws to someone, he could really do some digging, he could find out who it was, he could hire a lawyer, and he could go after him. Yeah. But obviously, he's not going to do that, but that's what would bother me. I'm having this moment of relaxation with my, with my girlfriend, and someone's snapping a picture of us, because I'm Bill Balacic, and <sighs> to your point, coming back to Jamel Hill for a Jimmy, it is about the race card. You just hit the nail on the head. It's all about racism. Let's make it a racist issue. Even though that's not why people are critical of Odell Beckham Jr. They're critical of him because he and his fellow receivers decided that it was a good idea on their off day to go party in Miami instead of being back in New Jersey, relaxing, and watching film and preparing for their upcoming wildcard game. He and his fellow receivers should be criticized, especially given the fact that they played like crap yesterday. They should be criticized for their performance. And, yes, I do think the fact that they were partying and hanging around in Miami a week earlier probably did factor into it because their preparation wasn't what it should be. So it it doesn't need to be a racist issue. This isn't about Gronk versus Odell Beckham Jr., black versus white. This is he and his fellow teammates that play his position, made a conscientious decision, to go down there, and flaunt it. Altered their focus,
4: and they lost. And and, and flaunt it, and publicize it heavily. Like they, yeah. th- that's and, and that's the thing with me. John, and I agree with everything you just said, but I also part of me sometimes is like, oh, I can't really go out from him because I've had my share of partying that affected my work in the past, and I regret it. So I don't know if I'm right to to blast another person about it. But my thing is, why are you bragging? Why are you flaunting it? Why are you putting it out there? Yeah. You, how dumb can you be? I mean, really, like, and then you get shocked at the at the reaction and, and the consequences you face after that. That's what gets me. And then, of course, like you're saying, I'm with you, Like the, the media trying to somehow spin it into a race thing. Enough is enough. But let's talk some football, John, because I'm psyched. Now we can talk about this game in reality, and I'm going to come right off the bat to you, and we've done this before. If you had to pick one way... That the Patriots lose this game to a team that has never won in Foxborough, a team they are 16-point favorites over, a team they should very well beat. Why would they lose to the Houston Texans?
5: Well, I think I'll think i give you two reasons why they could lose this game. Pass protection problem, because Houston does a great job of getting to the quarterback. The so Davian Clowney's a game record; He can get there. He can alter your game plan and what you do in your pass game. And turnovers. Turnovers are always a great equalizer. Mm-hmm. If you're a road playoff team, especially if you get deeper in the playoffs, if you can generate turnovers and capitalize on them, then you can position yourself to upset someone in advance. And, and so I think if the Patriots are careless with the football and they turn it over and they give Houston a short field and they give them that one, two, or three extra possessions, that's another way they could lose the game. So I think not being able to protect Brady, which I think is going to be a concern in this game, and turning the ball over are two ways that they could allow Houston to play with them, stay in the game, and potentially steal it in the fourth quarter.
4: But, you know, I, I get, I agree with you. I, I think those are very good reasons why a loss could happen. But what did they do in that first game against Houston this year to protect Brissett as well as they did? And, and was it more a result of them extra protecting a third string quarterback? Or was it them actually doing their jobs and doing what they need to do for Brady to, uh, on Saturday?
5: I think what they did in that game plan was, was masterful because they literally watered it down to the point that it was a high school game plan. They ran the football, play action, quick perimeter screen, get the ball out of his hands quickly. They utilized a couple of gadgets, and that's how they were able to win that game 27-0. They, it was not business as usual for the Patriots. That was, that was at the height of them trying to survive without Tom Brady. They literally watered down the game plan to the point where they probably only had about 100, 150 play calls going into that game. They said, we're going to run the football. We're going to give them easy reads where we cut the field in half of the play action pass the game. We can get the ball out of his hand quickly, stuff quickly to the flat in the three-step game, throw a couple of screens, a couple of trick plays, and there you go. And that's how they beat it. Obviously, this will be a much different game plan. But again, as much as we'd like to look at that spread and say, okay, they're favored by sixteen. They're the much better team. They beat this team by four touchdowns earlier this year without Brady. As much as we want to look at all that, this defense is pretty good. And and if Houston's going to lose this football game, more than likely, I think their defense is going to play well enough to give them a chance for at least a half. It's going to come down to their inability to move the ball offensively and score. And that's why they're going to lose this football game. And that's why they could end up losing it by a wide margin, because it's their offense that's not going to, uphold their end of the bargain. But defensively, this is a team that can give the Patriots problems. And so I think what I'd like to see McDaniels do early in this game from a play-calling standpoint is if you want to negate Jadavion Clowney and you want to slow him down and to quote the great Jack Lambert, if you want to cool his ass off, run at him. That's what you do with the great pass rushes.
4: I was Try just going to ask you that. to
5: off-tackle early to get them engaged, to get them to have to get off block, and to get them to have to fight through stuff to get to the ball carrier. They'll make it easy for them where they they can get their butt up and tee off on your quarterback in any second and third and long situation. So uh, I'd like to see them come out early on and try to establish the Garrett Plout, run the ball off tackle, and make these guys have to earn their paycheck.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's, it, great minds think alike. That was going to be my next question, but you already answered. It. I said, do you think they should do what they did against Sue? You notice they went right at him. They said, look, we're going to make mono a mono. Let's do it. You, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us the hard way. And they shoved it right down his throat, and it worked. So, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Your thoughts on the defense now? And that was a masterful game by the defense back when Brissett was a the quarterback there in that first encounter with Houston. Till now, Sully and I were saying earlier in the show, if I'm Houston, I'm really worried because if that defense shut us out then, what are they going to do to us now?
5: Right. Well, they're playing at a championship caliber level, I mean, they led the NFL in points against, uh, they're sound they're in all three phases, and what you love about this defense is it's very reminiscent of some of those early Belichick defenses in 03, 04, 05, that that they had 11 guys that were all on the same page. They were in sync. There was no real superstars, although I would say that those defenses probably had more star power than this one does. But I think that they're playing at a similar level, where they're playing this mistake-free football. Look, when you look at Bill Belichick philosophically, it's bend but don't break. You can give up yards from the 20 to the 20. You can give up a couple of first downs, but when they get into the red zone, you don't give up a touchdown and you do whatever it takes to not give up the field goal. And they have played along those lines. They have played to the philosophy, and they've been very good at it. The other thing that you like to see with this group is they're starting to generate turnovers, Hmm. which is the name of the game this time of year. You can generate them, and you can win the plus-minus margin. You're going to be in pretty good shape to make a Super Bowl run and and potentially win a title. I think they're doing that right now. So. I think that this, this defense right now, as we speak, is exponentially better than the one that the Houston Texans saw on that Thursday night game. Houston's going to have a hell of a time scoring in this game. They're going to have a hard time moving the football, and they're going to have a hard time scoring in this game. Now, they do have the playmakers in place to where if Brock Osweiler comes out and he plays well and he executes, they could move the ball and potentially score, but I think it's going to be awfully tough against a defense. that's very underrated and playing at a high level right now.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. And I would say, I mean, I think there's a strong argument. It's it's, easy, it's the best defense left in
5: the playoffs right now to me. Yeah, and, I think you can make an argument for Seattle. I think that's the one defense that I think is a, is, a, is a comp. Outside of the Seahawks, I would agree with you. I think it's either them or the Seahawks in terms of the best defenses left. Maybe you throw the Chiefs into the conversation if you really wanted to spice it up.
4: Speaking of the Seahawks there, that game to me, I don't know about you, John. I felt like it was a lot closer than the score indicated. Maybe I just saw it a different way than most. But, I mean, if, as I said to Sully earlier, if the Detroit receivers didn't stick their hands in five pounds of butter before the game uh, and and drop so many balls and a couple calls go, and I get it, that's the breaks. I mean, that's the way sports goes. But if a couple calls go the other way, you're looking at a much different game there. And that's why I ask you, I agree with you, Seattle's got a solid defense there. But is Seattle still as good as everyone is making them out to be right now, or were there some things that have been maybe hidden a bit uh, that could be exposed against better teams?
5: Well, they struggled for three quarters offensively in that game. It was only ten to six at the end of three quarters. Exactly, so I agree. And that it could game have been was different. A lot closer. It was a lot closer than people think. There was some shoddy officiating there. Detroit's receivers did Matthew Stafford no favors. They dropped key passes in Ugh, key situations, especially on third down. But here's where the Seahawks could be the Seahawks of old. If Thomas Rawl can take mm. Saturday night's performance and it into this Saturday against Atlanta, if they win that game, they can come out of the NFC because now they're back to playing the way they want to play, which is they want to run the football, set up their play-action passing game, take those deep shots to Baldwin and Graham, and then they're going to lean on their defense. And that defense... While they might not be on paper as good as they've been in previous years with Earl Thomas out and with Cam Chancellor being a little bit of a liability in coverage, that front seven is still pretty good. They can still generate face pressure. They, still, they can still run They take great pursuit angles. They finish at the ball as a team defense. They're still pretty tough to play against. But I'm going to tell you right now, if this team can consistently run the football and Russell Wilson can, can hit on some of those shot plays down the field, and they play some quality defense and keep people to around 14 to 17 points a game, this is a team that could end up in Houston, and they could end up seeing the Patriots in a rematch.
4: So, I mean, does Atlanta have a chance? Because, I mean, it sounds like nobody in the world is picking Atlanta to win this game.
5: I think they do have a chance, because they're going to take shots early, and they're going to try to isolate chancellering coverage. They're going to go after the the, the corner opposite of Richard Sherman, whether it's Shed, they're going to go after Terrell, who's playing free safety. They're going to try to isolate the weak links in that secondary. And so I think early on, they're going to be aggressive. They're going to come up, they're going to throw the football. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Shanahan comes out and goes a little tempo. I think Atlanta can win this game. The problem with Atlanta is, can Atlanta stop this Seattle offense? They're a little mm-hmm. light up front. Can they stop Rawls in this running game? Can they, can they stop Baldwin and Graham down the middle of the field in the play-action passing game? I think there are a lot of ifs there. This is a game, and I think this applies to both games in the NFC. Both games in the NFC could end up being shootouts, but I think for Atlanta to win this game, they're going to have to win a shootout. They certainly have the pieces to do that, but Matt Ryan is is going to have to play at a playoff-caliber level, which we haven't always seen from him. He's going to have to match Russell Wilson, because that's what it's going to take for the Falcons to win this game.
4: All right, and circling back over to the AFC. Uh, if I put you on uh, on a spot right now, who... Are the Patriots playing if they get by Houston?
5: They're going to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Pittsburgh has been very Jekyll and Hyde on the road this year. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be hobbling in. It's probably going to be cold. Kansas City has the better defense there at home. They have a distinct home field advantage at Arrowhead. I think they're going to do enough on offense to score 17 to 28 points. And I think if they can get to, let's say, 24 to 28, that should be enough to beat Pittsburgh. I think Kansas City beats Pittsburgh. I think you're going to have a Patriots Chiefs. AFC Championship game at
4: Gillette. All right. Should be interesting. John, enjoy all the football, my friend. And uh, unfortunately, we uh, we won't be talking to you next week. We're we notified that the show will be no longer at the end of this week. Um, long story. We'll get into it another day. But, you know, we want to thank you for always coming on.
5: Hey, I, hey appreciate you having me, Jimmy. And uh, we'll, you know, we'll catch up down the road. My oh, friend. for sure,
4: my man. We'll keep in touch off the air for sure. Appreciate it. Right. That I is John Sarnadis of XNOJo.com. Join us here on The Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back with Cole Wright of NFL Network. Stay with us.
0: Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire.
5: Christian
6: and King. One game? Yeah, one game was ridiculous. One? It was ridiculous. You got ripped when you gave Ray Rice 2 Two. You're going to give this guy one? Yeah, no, it's just, and this wrong? guy, this guy's really bad. Josh Brown's ex-wife told police of over 20 physically violent yes. instances. Police were called on multiple occasions to the Browns' residence in Washington State, St. Louis, and New Jersey over the years. Jeez, three states, come on.
0: Weekdays, noon to three, on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com.
6: Looking for a stylish place to call home? Then you need to check out the brand new apartment homes in Lowell at 24 Merrimack Street. The apartments at 24 Merrimack Street are located in historic downtown Lowell and offer unique apartment living within an historic 19th century building. Residents enjoy brand new interiors and unparalleled lifestyle amenities. Just moments from downtown Lowell's boutique shops, cafes, and entertainment. For more information, please visit 24MerrimackStreet.com. Again, that's 24MerrimackStreet.com. Ace
4: is a place with the helpful
7: hardware
2: folks. We just bought a fixer-upper, and I don't know where to begin. So I went to see Paul at our neighborhood Ace.
1: I told Nate we have everything he needs to help him repair their home, from a wide selection of paint colors, craftsman tools, and the best lawn and garden brands. Ace is a place with exactly
4: what you need. Starting with
6: help. Ace Hardware now is a brand new store in Nashua, on Pearl Street downtown. That's right, a brand new Ace Hardware store in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. Nashua Ace Hardware is a division of Nashua Wallpaper.
1: TrySofi.com is the smart, easy way to save money on your student loans. Now they want you to know about the smart, easy way to save money on your credit card debt. That's with a TrySofi.com personal loan. If you're hardworking, in a good job, and have great credit, but you have credit card debt, a TrySofi.com personal loan with their low fixed rates and no fees is the smart alternative to credit cards. The national average interest rate on credit cards is over 15%. In most cases, you can cut your interest rate in half with SoFi. Find out how much you can save by going to trysofi.com. That's T R Y S O F I.com. SoFi lends up to $100,000. Checking your rate will not affect your credit score. Go to trysofi.com. That's T R Y S O F I.com for low fixed rate personal loans with no application or origination fees. Terms, conditions, and state restrictions apply. California Finance Lender Law License Number 6054612, NMLS Number 1121636. 1121636- Sergeant R.J. Anderson's dream was to take to the skies. I've always wanted to be a soldier, but my ultimate goal was to be a pilot. I think I was meant to, to fly. I had just applied to be a part of the 160th SOAR Regiment, and I was going to airborne school that next Monday. So I decided to go on a motorcycle ride with my buddies. We were going through a turn, and that's all I remember. That's the day everything changed. I was told by the doctor that I would never walk again. Thanks to Paralyzed Veterans of America, competing in adaptive sports lit my fire again. They help you transition for the rest of your life to that individual that you want to be. Sports like hand cycling really pushes you to to find who you are in that redefining moment after injury. With PVA sports, I've, I've found my freedom. Now when I think about my future, the possibilities
7: are endless. For more information, visit pva.org, a public service of paralyzed veterans of America. Stress, it can make your heart race, your head pound, and your stomach churn. While a little stress can be a good thing and even help you perform under pressure, too much stress can be bad for your health, causing headaches, stomach pain, trouble sleeping, and even a weakened immune system. In the United States, it's estimated that up to 90% of visits to primary care doctors are due to stress-related health problems. It's hard to avoid stress altogether, but there are steps you can take to manage it. During National Stress Awareness Month in April, visit Optum.com stress for more information about how to prevent stress from getting the better of you, including stress first aid techniques you can do in the moment when you're feeling stressed. And stress prevention techniques to help change the way you approach and think about certain situations. To learn more, visit optim.com/stress. That's o-p-t-u-m.com/stress. A public service message from this station.
6: Do you know that kids between the ages of six to eleven experience what is known as the golden age of neuromuscular development? This is a very important time in life for kids to experience physical activity. So encourage your kids to be active, either playing with their friends, playing sports, going to dance or gymnastics. Kids who move better are more likely to be active. This message is brought to you by Nafer, New Hampshire Association for Health, Physical Education, Recreation and Dance.
0: You're listening to Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox. This is
5: ESPN New Hampshire. <coughs>
7: Looking
0: for a stop. They're going to air it out. Rogers does this better than anybody. End zone. Come.
4: Touchdown. Unbelievable. Is it too late now to say sorry? Yeah, I know
1: that I let you down. Is it too late to say sorry now?
4: Oh, and that that's uh Odell Beckham Junior just called uh ESPN New Hampshire and asked if I could play that as uh we bring Cole Wright on. He he just wants to say sorry to uh to all the Giants <laughs> fans out there. <laughs> little Justin Bieber for you, Odell. There we go. What's going on, Cole Wright?
3: What's going on, man? You know, that that's very apropos I mean, little <laughs> Justin Bieber for you know uh OBJ It Sims right in his wheelhouse. He's a He's a singing dancing kind of guy, and you know, so is Justin Bieber. So, yeah, you know, he he just sang and danced his way completely out of the playoff. <laughs> good thing they went on the good thing they went on that trip on the, uh, last weekend.
4: <laughs> look, yeah, and, I, and and by the way, too, uh, he says he's sorry for the wall uh, outside the dressing room there at Lambeau Field. They will repair it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. look, we're nobody's blaming uh, his performance or the Giants' loss on on that incident uh, with him and his, uh, some of his teammates going down there and then them tweeting it out. But, like, I just said to our, our previous guest, John Serenades, before you, the, the issue I have is, why are you being such an idiot about it? Don't broadcast it. You know, like, I, I just, somebody, like, why do these kids have agents if they're not going to do their job? Their agent's got to pull them aside and say, look, if you, if you want to be dumb and go party the week, you know, right before a playoff game, okay, yep. that's on you, man. Do what you want. Who am, I, who am I to talk? And, and like I said to John, hey, I, I've never been one to shy away from partying in the past, you know, but I and so I'm not going to knock him for that. That's his prerogative. But to go out there and broadcast it, and, and then you've got some people in the media starting to turn the media's reaction to that into a race thing or into they're out to get him. And come on, man, like you asked for it. That's all I can say. Like, I don't think you you lost the game by any means. Like you said, you lost to a better team, but you asked yeah. for this reaction, and that that's where I'm at. Cole, is that sort of where you're at as well?
3: You know, it's, it's pretty much. I don't. I don't think it's it's one way or another. I, I think it just so happened that you know that the guys that went down there are the guys that went down there. I don't. I, you know, it, it had it been you know a, a, a bunch of offensive linemen or you know a, a, a different core of. of Teammates on any given team, I think they would have been the same reaction if the same thing went down. If right. they would have tweeted out pictures or anything like that, it's like, hey, you should be ready to play. Like, remember a few years back when Tony Romo went down to Cancun during that yes, bye
4: week? Good point. He caught a lot
3: of beef, yep. a lot. So it's it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, you know, I, I think we all like to be able to, to you know just. You know, pick up at the at the drop of a hat and be able to go down to Miami and, and jump on a boat with you know, with R and B singers. But I mean, then again, I don't know. I'm, is that what I would be doing? Probably not. Yeah, you know, I would probably be game game planning and getting ready. You know, to try to beat the Packers at, at that point. That's where they were at. And but right now, he doesn't have to worry. He'll be able to do a lot of partying now. Yeah. he can do tons of it if he wants to.
4: Now, look, uh, Colt, you and I both, uh, we, we've we let our feelings on this show be known for uh, one Aaron Rodgers, and, and I have been uh, very guilty of using the term overrated, but I will eat my words when they're handed to me on a silver God. platter, and, and and they have been so far over the last eight games now uh, from Aaron Rodgers. The, the fact that that game, they, that he and the Packers were able to take what looked like an old-school in the freezing cold, defensive struggle, nitty gritty type game, yeah. and then just turn a switch on and blow them up—that's scary to me. Not like that. That to me said, okay, these guys are for real, man. Watch out; these guys are for real.
3: They are without a doubt, and you know the the only team right now that it isn't really too concerned with them, but they are—they're aware of them. I think that would be the Dallas Cowboys, and I think they know what's coming down the pipe, but. If there's any team that didn't want to see the other, the other result, you know, the New York Giants beating the Green Bay mm-hmm. Packers, that, that, that's, the green, that's obviously the, the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Because the, the, the Giants are a team that had their number, you know, once and twice this season. Because that, that's a squad that, that knew how to beat that Dallas Cowboys team. Yep. So are the Dallas Cowboys happy that they're gone? Absolutely. But the Green Bay Packers, are they happy to see them on, on a red-hot streak? Uh, I, I don't know, because <laughs> that Green Bay Packers team, boy, oh boy, they are playing. Like you said, I've, I've been eating a, a, a plate of crow for the last you know 24 hours now, it seems like, because Aaron Rodgers, man, they, the way they've gotten after it, it's unbelievable.
4: Yeah, it really is. And, and, look, I'll say this. The Packers are playing great. They can't afford to have the start they had, though, against the Giants, against that Cowboys team, because uh, unlike... Uh, pretty much up until now, uh, that stadium actually will be rocking. They, the, the, the Cowboys are starting to have a home advantage. They, their fans are starting to make some noise there. And, you know, you can't go into Dallas. And I'm not saying it was a, a horrible start, but it, it didn't have the energy they had later in the game. They need to have that energy from the opening kickoff, or, or they're in big trouble because Dallas will jump on it. That being said, I can I can see... And I'm going to say right now, I think they're going in there. I think they're going to beat the Cowboys. I really do.
3: Wow. Wow. You know, I think that's where the buck's going to stop them down there. And, uh in the Metroplex, you know, Jerry World, I think, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are, are going to get it done. I really do. Because I, I just see that team, man, that they're so strong offensively. And their defense is surprising. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's that's one of the things that, that, you know, obviously, we, we know that the, the Green Bay Packers have a, a pretty potent offense right about now. But I think that the Dallas Cowboys defensive unit—they've been unsung heroes this season. They've they've gotten this team, you know, to to where they're at. You know, the offense has, has been unbelievable and, and extremely complimentary. But you know, we, things go hand in hand, and you know, with a, with a solid offense comes a, a very competent defense down there with those Cowboys. And I think that people are going to see that and find out, like, wow, like. Aaron Rodgers isn't able to do everything that he was able to do against other teams. You know, I, I think we we will see that and we're going to understand why this Dallas Cowboys team is so good and why they played themselves. It's such a stellar record. Now. And, and this is a young team that's going to be on the rise, not just this year. You know, if everyone always stay, if stays healthy, that's the biggest thing in NFL, obviously, health. Yep. But, you know, New England has seen that for quite some time now. I think if Dallas can do the same thing, Maybe they might be, you know, going down uh, a miniature track of the New England Patriots.
4: Well, you you mentioned one thing there though, and that's the only reason I think the Packers can win this is young, you, and that's that's the one thing where like, their two best players are young. They've never tasted the playoffs. They it, this is a whole new world for them, and, and I'm. I'm wondering how they react to it. I I know they've reacted wonderfully throughout the regular season. They've gone far beyond expectations uh, and they've had amazing seasons, but this is a whole new ball game now. And and that's why I think that a on fire Aaron Rodgers and the experience a lot of those guys on that Packers team have can come into play and, and beat these guys. And that's, that's where I'm looking at the difference there, but I, you know, I, I keep eating crow, so <laughs> who knows? But yeah, that's well, my only I reasoning. Mean, that's it, my reasoning right there that I would pick the Packers is just experience.
3: True, and they do have that that postseason edge. They, they know how to play, and you know, obviously, the postseason is a completely different animal when it comes to you know football in the NFL. And mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's been there before; he's done that. And, you know, will will it? the the Cowboys be able to to weather that storm? I I think that's the biggest question because, like you said, it it is about having that experience, and the Cowboys, they clearly do not have it. But you talk about how young they are, and I think we sometimes forget that because these guys do play so well beyond their years, Mm. especially Dak Prescott. And, you know, we've seen him with adversity before, and every time that he's had something not go his way, the next time he's been out we've seen him you know co- correct any situation that that's that stood in his in his way before yeah. so i think that this is a guy man who can go out there and if there are any mistakes that are made early in the game he can clean them up second half yeah because he's just that kind of player man i think he is that kind of guy who's like okay man i'm I, i'm going to make my weaknesses my strengths and i'm going to go out here and i'm going to get this team this w because that's all i know how to do and so far all he's shown us that he knows how to do is win at a high level in the National Football League.
4: Yeah, it will be interesting. And uh, let's look at that other game, uh, Cole. And I, really, I, I thought a lot closer, as I said earlier in the show, than, than the score would indicate. I mean, of all days for the Detroit receivers to just forget how to catch, uh, they decided yeah. to do it then. And I, I, I really felt for Matthew Stafford because I, I don't think it was on him at all. Uh, and then a couple of questionable calls. Uh, but that being said, um, a lot of people picking Seattle to go into Atlanta and have no problem. Are, are people underestimating Atlanta a little right now?
3: You know, I I don't know if it's underestimating or if you just not believing. I don't believe in the Atlanta Falcons. You know, I, I hate to say it. You know, yep. maybe they'll have to prove me wrong. Maybe I'll have to eat crow two weeks in a row. <laughs> but hey, I'm going to go with what I know. And one thing I do know is that when the playoffs come around, Russell Wilson is a gamer. Yeah, and you know he's he's shown it to us. He's won a Super Bowl. He's he's been he's been able to get there uh, another time. And I haven't seen that from Matt Ryan before. So if I had to, you know, have to hitch my trailer to one of those quarterbacks, I'm gonna go with the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. So I'm I don't think it's the people are you know are, are really are they're hating on the on the Falcons or whatnot, but. I think it's to have a, a lot of faith in, in Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and what the JL Seahawks bring to the table.
4: Yeah, It should be interesting. Uh, we will talk to you, Cole, at the end of the week, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's actually going to um, – we unfortunately found out it's going to be our last show, so we want you to be part of it. Uh, some changes here going on at ESPN New Hampshire, but hopefully for the better, and hopefully there's good things around the corner. But uh, you've been a big part, so we, we, we definitely want you on Thursday if you can be part of it, all right?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Sounds good.
4: All right, my man. We'll talk to you soon, all right? And we'll send a little more uh, Bieber for uh, uh,
3: ODB. For OBJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go.
4: All right, my man. You have a good one, Remember. all right? All right, that is Cole Wright of NFL Network joining us here on The Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We will continue with Chris Forsberg of ESPN Boston Talk some Celtics. So stay with us. We'll be back. Baby, I didn't. That should be me.
0: You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy right here on ESPN, New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com.
6: All right, our Student Athlete of the Month is Uta Sharma of Bishop Girton, one of the better Cardinals on the soccer field and one of the better Cardinals in the classroom, so to speak. What do you think the difference was between this year and in years past with BG Soccer?
8: I think, like, really this year in particular, the senior class like was able to come together and uh, like kind of lead the team to some newfound success uh, like after struggling like so long together I kind of like knew that it was going to be like someone had to step up and I kind of Like, wanted to fulfill that role,
6: like, Mm. especially my senior year. You're going to Johns Hopkins. What strives you in the class and what keeps you attentive?
5: I've always been kind of interested in, like, the math and science side of things. But I like taking some tough liberal arts kind of
6: courses as well, like Mm. Latin and stuff. How's the Latin class? That sounds tough. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tough. What made you settle on Johns Hopkins? I visited
8: there and did like a couple campus tours and I'm really like excited to be in
6: Baltimore. Like it's a really fast growing city. It's like a lot of things are happening. Obviously, it's like a great school. Udich Sharma of Bishop Gurdon is our Apple Therapy student athlete of the month.
0: Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com.
2: Map out an adventure your whole family will always remember. Disney on Ice presents Passport to Adventure. Journey across the African plains with Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa. Fly off to Neverland with Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Explore the underwater world of Ariel, Flounder, and Sebastian, and trek through Arendelle with Anna, Elsa, and Olaf from Disney's Frozen. The
0: journey begins in your hometown, playing January 26th through 29th at SNHU Arena in Manchester. Tickets are on sale now. Visit disneyonice.com today.
8: The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making
6: tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You're welcome for the
0: bare necessities. The bare necessities of healthy living are easier than you think. You better believe it. And the Food Pyramid shows you the way. With just the right amount of exercise and the necessary grains, vegetables, fruits, milk, and meats and beans. Just the bare necessities of life. So eat right, be active, and have fun. Yeah, man. For your own path to a healthier you, visit MyPyramid.gov. This is really live. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Ag Council. Visit our website, ESPNNHradio.com, for all the latest news, context, apparel, podcasts, and more.
3: it.
7: That was a Leonard, come back to give me a pick of some sort. Back to Kelly. Kelly, corner, Forford for the lead. Got it. Cause you're overzealous Play hard to get
2: Females get jealous Okay smarty Go to a party Girls are the cloud Is showing body A chick walks by You wish she could sex her But you're standing on the wall Like you was Poindexter Next day's function High class luncheon Food is served in your stone cold munching Music comes on, People start to dance But then you ate so much You literally split your pants A girl starts walking Guys start gawking Sits down next to you And starts talking Says she wanna dance Cause she likes to groove So come on fat so And just bust the move oh, okay.
4: Oh, I don't know if Chris Forsberg can remember being on that mission at the school dance, listening to that, but I can. I am reminiscing right now. <laughs> Here is Chris Forsberg from ESPN Boston joining us right now. How you doing, buddy? Murph, what's going down? Good choice today. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I heard it over the weekend. I said that's going to be good for Forsberg. We're <laughs> we're going to go with that. And the Celtics, Celtics were busting the moves and back to back wins yeah. over the weekend. Uh, it's rare you see those back to back. Those back to back home games. Is it correct? No.
8: Yeah, it's yeah, wow,
4: yeah. It's weird to see that back to back nights at home, right? That doesn't happen often, does it?
8: it no, so it's, it's actually a little bit of a fascinating story. So evidently, like the the NBA does, a little, there's like a little supercomputer that puts together the schedule. You know, they they push mm-hmm. a couple buttons and outspits the schedule for you know thirty thirty teams and going all everywhere and uh, you know somehow to. To limit travel and and to to make these as fair as possible, you don't end up with a lot of them. And this is the first time in like 30 years that, or more than than 40 years that they've uh, that they've had a home back to back. It's just it's bizarre. Like I, I was sitting there thinking to myself, like when I couldn't remember the last time, and then it made sense because it hadn't happened. They did do it in the lockout year because they had to cram
5: together right, right. the
8: schedule. But you know, it, for whatever reason, it, it seems like the Celtics play a lot where they're home and then go right out on the road. But Home and home, it's just
4: bizarre. The, before we get on to, to more Celtic stuff, just sticking with the scheduling topic here, there's actually some talk in the NHL, Chris, and I, I want to get your take if this, if you could ever, ever envision it in basketball. There's talk in the NHL that they might explore, and I don't know how they would do this, because, I mean, you're what? You play, I think it's 82 games. I don't know how they would do it, but they they want to maybe explore at least with the the teams that are out of conference the teams out of division. So, like, you know, basically you play your division teams the most, obviously, and then you play, um, I think it's the other division in your conference. You play them four times or f- maybe three. No, three, excuse me. And then you, you play the ones in the Western Conference uh, once at home, once away. They want to explore maybe – um getting all those games done with the other division all in one like little weekend kind of like baseball
5: Ooh.
4: which would then interesting. which would then turn into more division games which would then turn into building those rivalries up again i kind of like that
8: yeah so the only thing that jumps to mind that 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 leaves me against it is you know the nba plays it does it where you play pretty much every team in the in your Eastern Conference, four times, and now some of them you only see three times. It's based on records from the year before. Okay, um, you know, you see, you see your you see your division rivals, which you know we classify as Atlantic Division, Toronto, and then two New York teams, Philly as Philly and Philadelphia. There? Yeah, you see them four times. Yep. but you know, you also play them in the preseason, and for whatever reason, the Celtics play are, play the Atlantic Division in the preseason. So, like, there was a point where we we saw the net three times before mid-October <laughs> and it was like oh come yeah, on yeah you know, like, like how many times are we gonna see this team I don't know you know I, I understand I think the goal of of every league right now is to to limit travel and I'll point to the Celtics and we, I know we've talked about this before but yep they took 15 flights in the December and traveled like I forget what the number was Twelve thousand miles. Wow! Which is one trip halfway around the world. And <laughs> you think about that, and it doesn't <laughs> sound like too crazy. But like their December was brutal, which is probably why it was okay for them to have a home at home. Like yeah. let them sleep in their own bed. Yeah. Brad, Ste- Brad Stevens was telling me he slept in his own bed like eight times in December. Had dinner with his family four times when he didn't have to travel or a game at home <laughs> in December. I mean, it's just like nuts. And I think the the, the greater, uh, what we know is that injury prevention and sleeping and all this, Yeah, we're trying to figure it out. Quality of game, you know, it's yep. a difficult science, and it, yeah. it's just tough.
4: And, and, and don't forget they had a bomb scare mixed in there.
8: Yeah, I like, yeah, I mean. Well, let's not forget it, that. It's just a crazy, <laughs> just a minor thing. Like yeah. minor <laughs> little worry in the air that your plan is going to blow up. It's, I mean, it, it, it's truly remarkable. And I, I do marvel because they're nice, and, and, and listen, you've probably felt it too, where. We were in Cleveland one night, and we're rushing to get home for the next day for oh, yeah. uh, 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 the home game. And I'm exhausted sitting there watching it. And I'm like, I don't know how these players have any energy. And then Isaiah Thomas scores 29 points in the fourth quarter of a 52-point game. And, and like, I'm like, where does that come from? How does he do that?
4: Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and, and speaking of Brad Stevens, you uh, had a good piece uh, up on ESPN Boston Now. Uh, talking about if they are able to uh, leapfrog uh, the Raptors into second place, uh, he could end up going to the All-Star Game as part of the staff, huh?
5: Yeah,
8: so it's pretty cool. Like, the, So the way that the NBA does it is the team with the best record in each conference, uh, probably about two weeks before the All-Star Game gets to go, and their whole staff goes and coaches the All-Star Game. And now, like, hey, if you're a veteran coach, you're probably over this. You don't want to do it. But Brad's never done it, obviously, and like the fact that the it would be a reflection of the Celtics' sort of climbing would be good. So you can't do it two years in a row, which is why Cleveland would be disqualified this year. So even though Ty Lu kind of picked up midstream last year, he was still the coach of the Eastern All-Stars. Uh, so it's likely going to come down to either uh, Boston or Toronto, the two teams that play tomorrow. Celtics win tomorrow, they'll, they'll move into a tie with Toronto for second place. Uh, and then, hey, there's still four weeks after that before they'll decide. But uh, the Celtics have been playing good. They've got a home-heavy schedule in January. You like the chance that they could maybe stay up at that number two seed if uh, if things work out. And then that's a cool reflection that you know, hey, look, the Celtics were, came out of the gates a little slow. Things were bumpy. They're starting to play some really good basketball. They they still feel like there is even more strides to be made. And then if you could get Brad Stevens into that game, that's just pretty cool. And uh, I'll be interested to see if uh, that gives them a little extra motivation. I, I'll, I'll say this: Isaiah Thomas, I told it to him today, and I don't think a lot of the guys were aware. Uh, but as soon as you, he, he, as soon as I told him, he could see his eyes light up, and he because he, he's thinking, I got to get my coach to the All Star game because then I'll play more minutes, and then he can put up like some crazy numbers.
4: <laughs> in <the All-Star> game. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, let's not forget that for sure. Hey, looking at this team, this Toronto team, um, they're one of these teams, Chris, right? That's been sort of knocking on that door, right? And of course, it's 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 very hard to surpass Cleveland, um, but they've been knocking and knocking. Are they finally a legit? Uh, perennial contender to you, or is there still some work to be done for those Raptors?
8: Yeah, like, they've got a great backcourt. You know, it's it's one that gives Boston fits. uh, Mm -hmm. DeRozan and uh, uh, Lowry are just, like, two legitimate all-star players. And you think about the Celtics, their strength is really in their backcourt. They got guys like Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart, and for whatever reason, uh, you know, these two guys give them fits, and Toronto does that to a lot of teams. It's just two guys who are capable of scoring, and there's more talent than that. It's just those are the two primary guys. And, you know, just like you said, the, Toronto's in an interesting situation. They've sort of been knocking on the door for a while now. Uh, they just haven't, like a lot of the East, when LeBron's been here, haven't been able to get over that LeBron hump. And I think you could throw teams like the Hawks in that mix. And you look at a guy like Horford who decides to switch locations because they couldn't quite get past the. The, 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 the Cavs stuff, so it, it, it's interesting. It, they're just still a very good team.
3: Um,
8: you know, I'm, I'm interested because the Celtics had a chance the, the first time they played here, I think November, uh, couldn't get past them. Now is another chance to sort of show the strides they've made. Uh, but, you know, this is one of those teams where you, you got to prove that you can beat a good team. Uh, but the, the Celtics got to show that they are uh, capable. I think the numbers are like they're 0-3 against the Cavs and the Raptors this year but they're 16-3 and three against everybody else in the East. And, I mean, mm. it just goes to show you that, you know, they're taking care of business against the lesser teams. Now we've got to see it against the good
4: teams. And for our listeners that don't know, I just know this because of my uh, my Canadian friends, and that's that's all they have to cheer <laughs> about when it comes to basketball, right? So they, they get some really good crowds in there, man. I mean, you think Toronto, you think Maple Leafs, you think hockey, but uh, they get some loud crowds up there at the ACC, so it's not an easy place anymore to go into and play, right?
8: It's, it is a pretty fun environment, and they really embrace that team. You know, more so like when you get around to the playoffs, like anything. Right. And, and, and right. Every, in every city, you see this. Like the NBA kind of gains some more traction when it gets closer to playoff time. Uh, but yeah, the Celtics were there on opening night a couple years ago. And I mean, that place was banged out, and they were doing all these like celebration things on the court. Guys were walking on risers, and I was like, <laughs> wow, you know, they're, they're really hyped about their basketball team up here. Uh, you know, the Celtics have a former Raptor on their team, and Amir Johnson. And he was like, I don't. I struggle to put it in the proper terms, and, and this will be like too much. But you know, they loved him. You not quite a, like on the David Ortiz level, but he had like people in that city loved Amir Johnson. Wow. Amir Johnson loved playing in Toronto. He just embraced the community. He thought the people were great. You know, here's a guy who I think grew up in California, lived in, lives in Las Vegas in the off season. Yep. not really fit for the for the cold for the Great White North, but he loved it up there. And, you know, so we were talking to him today about that, and he's just hyped to go back up there because he has such a, a familiarity with that team, and uh, it it is it, it it's cool. I feel bad sometimes for the Raptors because, and and you can relate to this because of hockey, but like sometimes they get put on the on on like the worst possible TV night. Their yeah. their playoff series don't get the the premier treatment. Yep. It's unfortunate, but it's just again, it comes down to market size and interest. Uh, right. But, again, like when you watch them, you say, wow, this team is pretty interesting. And they also have Drake as their number one I was going to say, fan. yeah,
4: let's not forget Drake. They got Drake there. <laughs> now, now is Isaiah Thomas no. going to talk trash with him? <laughs>
8: <laughs> it will be fun to see because uh, – you know, it, 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 if you can get to that level of respect, if if you're a good enough player on the opposing team that Drake is uh, is yelling at you, then you've done something right. Uh, it, I'll be interested to see. I think Drake's a little guy, so maybe he'll have some uh, some some uh, familiarity with Isaiah Thomas and they can, they can get along on the sidelines. Uh,
4: uh, it's it's funny you say that. You bring him up and you say he's a little. So uh, here's a great story. Before I let you go, we got to I got to tell you. This. So. Here I am. I'm in Ottawa in 2012 for the NHL All-Star Game. And I'm in the uh, the bowels of the, I don't even know what they, I think it's called the Canadian Tire Center now. What have, You know, they change every year. So, there I am. It's an intermission and I'm, I'm going down to grab a dog. And, and I'm, I'm walking out of the sort of the media uh, work center area and where our food was. And uh, off the elevator comes this huge entourage, and I mean, like, like badass dudes coming out, man, looking like, I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? I mean, it, I wouldn't be surprised if they were packing. I'll put it that way. <laughs> like, And these guys meant business. Like, they had that stone-cold face, sunglasses on, and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And all of a sudden, they sort of part the, the, the circle that they're in, and here comes this little guy coming out, and I'm like, hey, I know that guy. Oh, it's Drake, <laughs> <laughs> and it was Drake, and and he looks at me and he's like, "What's up, man? How you doing?" He's like, "Welcome to Ottawa. welcome to Canada. Where are you from?" And I'm like, "Boston." He goes, "Oh, hey, welcome to my country." I'm like, oh, "I've been here plenty of times." He's like, "Oh, it's great, isn't it?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's good. It's good country." And he just he's, walks he's, away and he's, goes he's really on his way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> welcome he's, to my country.
8: <laughs> and I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to like lump everybody all like short people together, but like Isaiah rolls with. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, yeah. and you know when he's up the same way, he came to a game at the Garden. They had like fifty gigantic security guys around him, and then there's Floyd, who's like you know one of the great boxers and everything. But you know you look at him, he's maybe four eleven, and I'm like, oh, this is why Isaiah hangs out with him because he's bigger than him. I you thought know, it's just it... like the, the one dude he's, he's taller than. It's, it's
4: I thought it was like the prime minister or something coming through, man. <laughs> Wait, is this Stephen Harper? I mean, what's going on here? It was hilarious, and then he went out and he uh, he performed on the ice in the intermission, and uh, came back out. and He said he called me Murph right away after I, I said Jimmy Murphy. And so as he he, see you, Murph? And I'm like, did that just happen? <laughs> like, how do I like, how do I ever explain that? And so this is the first time I've explained it here on the air with you, Chris.
8: <laughs> well, you now have a, a, a massive amount of. Not only regular street cred, but Canadian street cred.
4: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you, you, you and Drake are bros. There we go, my man. Hey, listen, Chris, <laughs> always a pleasure. And uh, if we, uh, we, we found out some kind of tough news, we won't be on the air much longer here anymore. Just some changes going on at the station. Uh, and so we want to take the time to thank you for uh, coming on and helping the stretcher on Be What It Was. We really enjoyed it, all right?
8: Oh, thanks, man. I'm right back at you. I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Yeah. Some way, somehow.
4: Sounds like a plan, my friend. Enjoy the basketball, and we'll talk to you down the line. Right, take care. Chris Forsberg of ESPN Boston joining us here on the Stretch Run. We will be back. Your Drake story. That just got me. <laughs> I'm a big Drake fan, and that's so Drake. That like, oh, welcome to my country. Oh, you've been here before? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's yeah. like Eddie Murphy and Coming to America or something.
7: <laughs> but that's so true. He he, ro- he rolls with an entourage, and those are some big, big boys. Oh, my God. Those man. are some big boys. But he, he runs to yeah. <laughs> he, and I'm just giving, like, one-word answers because I don't want to take them off or anything. Of any. course, exactly.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, was pretty it was
4: something, man. I'll never forget that. And then he calls me Murph on the <laughs> way out. Okay. The, cool. streak, the street cred, yeah. yeah. You and Drake. You Down not with Drake, cred. man. Yeah. The little leprechaun from Boston <laughs> and Drake. Jimmy Murphy and Drake. Yeah. It's a tour. I love it. <laughs> I would go to that. I would go to that. Play some Pogues. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're going to talk some hockey. Maybe a little more Drake. You never know here in the stretcher on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back with Mick Colagio, New Bedford Standard Times. Stay with us. I could pass like magic, and yeah, I could show like a bird Built up a Dr. J. Duck, that course cool i trucks drunk, good lord, they their hoops
1: Yeah, 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 they playin' basketball They shootin'
2: It's in Snow Country, brought to you by Northeast Delta Dental, offering dental insurance plans to families, individuals, and businesses of all sizes in Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. Visit anydelta.com for more information. The weekend snowstorm gave us powder days just a short drive away, and it meant sweet powder turns and softened up those surfaces. Northern mountains didn't get the snow, but they corralled the cold, and they made their own snow, putting a fresh layer of packed powder on top of miles and miles of open terrain. Blue Hills took advantage of the foot of snow that fell, riding on seven runs and nighttime terrain. Wachusett up near full operation with over two dozen runs. Bradford, some of that fresh snow, helping them to ten runs. Now to New Hampshire, where Cannon has close to 80 trails on machine-groomed snow. Bretton Woods continues down 27 miles of skiing and riding with more snowmaking this weekend. Sunday River, eight peaks, 113 trails. Now to Vermont, where Okemo has almost 40 miles of skiing. Killington, up to 136 runs. More at snowcountry.com. I'm Andy Davis.
6: Which is worse trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it. At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high quality imaging for open MRI and low dose CAT scans and ultrasounds all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or
8: Hi, I'm Liz. Welcome to Lowell Jewelry and Loan. The economy is pretty rough right now, and if you're looking for a short-term loan, banks aren't making it any easier. Sometimes it can take up to 60 days to get approved. That's crazy. We truly are in the business to lend money and put cash in your hands instantly. Bring in any item and we'll give you cash. We also give you four months before making your first payment. Call or come see us today. Our reputation is impeccable. Lowell Jewelry and Loan on Merrimack Street.
0: Game plans. That's how you handle tough opponents. So, when you're up against cold weather, make sure your game plan starts with a dependable, proven, tough Duralast battery. That's why AutoZone is the only place that carries a full range of Duralast batteries. They're designed to deliver more power during startup and stand up to even the harshest conditions and temperatures of 40 below zero. Cold weather's coming, so out-tough the temperatures with a Duralast battery. Proven tough and available only at AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone.
6: They fought for our country. They defended our way of life. And now they live on the streets. Those same streets they sacrificed their lives to protect. Right now there are over 600 homeless veterans living in New Hampshire and over 7,000 are at severe risk of becoming homeless. If you know of a veteran that's been forced to live on the streets or could be at risk of losing their home or if you just want to learn more, please contact Supportive Services for Veteran Families at
5: www.harborhomes.org. They defended our way of life and now you can